Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks pulling back from records. Little changed right now with the Dow Industrials down 23 points, a drop there of one-tenth of one percent. S&P down five, a drop there of two-tenths of one percent. NASDAQ is down 14, also a drop of two-tenths of one percent. Earnings from retailers worrying some investors, uh, especially on the topic of consumer spending after Macy's results disappointed. Macy's shares now down by 15.9%. The tenure up 132nd, the yield 2.40%. Gold up $5 the ounce to 12.24, up four tenths of 1%. West Texas Intermediate Crude Oil up 49 cents a barrel to 47.82. That is a gain of 1%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. It's 1148 in the Bay Area and 248 on Wall Street. The following is from Bloomberg View. Opinions and commentary from Bloomberg columnists. I'm Jonathan Bernstein, a columnist for Bloomberg View. After Donald Trump's decision to fire James Comey, just as Comey was expanding his investigation into the Trump-Russia scandal, if it was necessary before to have a special prosecutor named, along with a Senate Select Committee, it's absolutely imperative now. Will it happen? That's up to the Republicans. Senate Republicans, at least at first. All it takes is three Republican senators to work with the 48 Democrats. 51 or more senators could, for example, refuse to confirm a new FBI director or any Department of Justice nominees or even any executive branch nominees at all until a special prosecutor has been appointed. If Republican senators are not inclined to act, then the question will be whether or not Republican Party actors and Republican voters who oppose Trump's excesses will put pressure on those senators. Republicans who should know better have delayed action despite flagrant violations of democratic norms by this White House. If they let Trump do this with no serious pushback, they're asking for even worse next time. I'm Jonathan Bernstein. For more View, please go to BloombergView.com or View Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg View. Bloomberg View commentary is going to be heard every weekday at this time, and also at 548, 848, and 1148 Wall Street time. A little Bobby Darren. A little Bobby Darren. This next company has been around for four decades, investing, managing, and developing real estate in the Northeast for itself and investors. And that includes contributing to the boom and redevelopment of Boston Seaport. Let's talk about it with John Davis, founder, chief executive officer at TDC, the Davis Companies, on site with us at uh, GE's interim headquarters here in Boston. I came over in an Uber. And I said, oh, my God, this place is, this is so cool, the seaport. And he goes, yeah, it's awesome. It's pretty amazing what's going on here. We're seeing this in every city in the country. It's amazing the way that um, changing demographics and changing uh, consumer preferences are driving uh, this kind of growth in what used to be abandoned industrial or underutilized industrial areas in every city. But Boston's an amazing example of it. It amazes me that it sat dormant for so long. I saw this, too, along uh, New Jersey's kind of... Uh, Gold Coast, if you will, for a mm. long time. There was no development, and there it was right on the water, great views of New York. Why do great areas like this sit dormant for so long? Is it just getting the rights to the land or what? Uh, I think, first of all, that the notion of what is Class A, what's in demand, has changed. And a lot of it has to do with competition for well, labor. We're sitting in this room full of exposed brick. That wasn't Class A. Uh, I mean, I uh, can tell you, we started we started rehabbing old industrial buildings in the 1980s, 
and that was, you know, class B minus. Right. Uh, and now the phenomenon that we're seeing is that this space, the kind of space we're sitting in, six-story converted industrial buildings, heavy timber buildings with brick walls, as you said, Corey. Uh, Lots of exposed for, it, piping and ducking. It, 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 right. It, it rents for it rents for higher rents than the low and mid-rise space in the Class A towers in the financial district. And just one point that I think we should tell your listeners about is the fact that this is literally right at the doorstep of the financial district. In Boston, there's a small channel of water uh, called the Fort Point Channel, and on one side of it is the historic financial district where all the high-rises are, and you walk across a short pedestrian bridge, and you're in the Seaport District. But as you pointed out, Carol, it's been... It, lie, it lay dormant for many, many years. In fact, what happened was there was an exodus, you know, that it was like a train wreck in slow motion that went on for a long time. And it really wasn't until the last 10 years or so that it started to change and go in the other direction. And the momentum has built coming out of the recession in 2009. This area has really taken off 6 million square feet, either constructed or under development all at the same time. Do you feel like this trend of everybody kind of coming back to city stays? I go back to, you know, my dad grew up in a city and couldn't wait to get his parents out, and we grew up in suburbia of New York City. Mm -hmm. And that was what everybody moved to do. And now, young, old, everybody's coming back. Is that... This is the this is the sixty four billion dollar question that real, the real estate development community is asking itself today. As the millennials age, well, first of all, we know that it's already been demonstrated they're going to wait longer to have children, and their families are smaller, and so they can live in the city for a little bit longer. But like you have in New York, the, there's a big problem because they're the public schools. Are not a uh, they're, they're not a choice for most people, right. and so that's improving. We have more magnet schools, we have more charter schools. There's more pressure on the Boston public school system to improve, but it's got a long way to go. So you know, it's I will tell you, it's starting to happen that some of the millennials, the older uh, millennials, are starting to move into the suburbs, but they're also redefining what they want in the suburbs because they want those the walkability, they want the proximity to the amenities, they want the live work, play, experience, you know, the fact that the sidewalks don't get rolled up at 5 o'clock at night. Right. You know, they want that vibrancy and dynamism. But yes, right. Uh, it is interesting that we see this kind of development, and, you know, there are economic reasons we see it in, you know, I live in San Francisco most of the time, in New York a lot of the time. We're here, of course, we're, we're in uh, Bloomberg Radio's in Washington, D.C. as well. Of course, we're in XM Sirius, we're all over the country, and everyone's seeing this in, in other uh, major metropolitan areas throughout the country. And I wonder what it is development-wise that we've figured out in this country a little bit that seemed so paralyzing in the 80s, where, where it was really hard to do development, and the development was still kind of hostile. I mean, our president came out of a, a world where he was fighting with communities uh, all the time to build the buildings that he built in New York City. Um, and, and yet, it seems like we've got a little bit more of a partnership going on with the development of the Soma market in in uh, San Francisco. We see uh, in this neighborhood here in Boston and what we see in New York City, uh, downtown in, in Williamsburg and so on, where the change has been a little more neighborhood friendly. So I think a couple of things. Community are going friendly, on. I should say. I, I think a couple of things are going on. <clears throat> Number one, there was, uh, there's broad, broadening recognition that affordability, housing affordability is a big, big issue. It's not just even affordability. It's also access, being able to actually access the housing. So communities are recognizing that uh, they've got to produce more housing. And the other thing Affordable is, housing. 
Yeah. Well, I, although, you know, uh, the truth of the matter is most of what's being built is luxury housing. Now, most cities, Boston, New York City, have uh, uh, have um, uh, uh, what's called inclusionary zoning, where some portion of what you build new has to be affordable. And in Boston, uh, it's depending on the project and the location, somewhere between 13% and 20%. Uh, but if you think about it, we're producing 80% luxury and 20% right, affordable. Right. That's upside down. So the, we're, we're really not building the affordable housing that we uh, that we need to build. But the economics uh, aren't there. They, uh, that's right. The, that's right. And I mean, in the, fact, the even, even, the const- even the cost of construction, the cost of construction even makes the, the development of, 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 of affordable, of, of market rate housing very difficult. The other factor that we're seeing in a lot of communities is a recognition that density is not that terrible of a thing. It used to be well, that. Well, it's done better now. It's done better, but also I think communities understand that when you group people together, you create more energy. You also create economies of scale that allow for uh, uh, other amenities like restaurants, like retail facilities, yeah. like hotels to work. Like rooftop decks. Just saying. I'm all for it. Uh, we can talk for hours, but we can't talk for hours. John Davis, uh, thank you very much. The CEO of TDC, the Davis Companies. Join us here in Boston. Quick headline. Senate voting to confirm Robert Lighthizer to be U.S. Trade Representative. The vote 82 to 14. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets.